So there was uh, there was some question around Thanksgiving whether I could get into this particular suit. And my wife said, if you can get into the suit, I'm going to have something special for you. So yesterday, amongst the Amazon boxes out front, I open up a box and there is a live emperor penguin. Looks a lot like me right now. I went to my wife and I said, that will not fly. Little, you talk about surprise, she hired a lawyer. We went to court and the lawyer said, Your Honor, it's obvious that my client is not a flight risk. <laughs> that I pushed the penguin. All right, one more. One more. When I was a kid, we used to listen to ball games on a thing called a radio. All right, anybody remember that? Yeah. So I found this old radio the other day in the thrift store, and the guy said, look, it works great, it's only a dollar, but it's stuck on full volume. I said, that's perfect, I can't turn that down. <laughs> now what I'm amazed at is that how people turn down this story that I'm about to tell you. Because the story is too good to be true. And I heard an old, old pastor, the other, he was preaching on this topic, and he said, you know, this story never gets old. He said, sometimes I get tired of preaching it, but it never gets old as the story. I don't even get tired of preaching it. Because it is the greatest story ever. God takes on flesh and comes and lives with us. The whole plan to end up giving his life on a cross for us, which we'll celebrate when we get to Easter weekend. But it all starts and ends. Our salvation starts and ends right here at the manger. This is where the whole story is. If God doesn't step into time, do you understand that you and I are all going to hell? See, the world doesn't think, I'm a good guy. I'm a good lady. No, you're not. I'm not either. None of us are good. In fact, what we do is this. People have said, oh, you look sharp. I said, yeah, a suit covers a lot of stuff, doesn't it? And we can look sharp on the outside but that doesn't mean that we're good people not when you compare us to an all holy god but he stepped into time to rescue us from our sin if you'll stand out of respect and i know it may be weird but if you're in the cafe the chapel please stand with us uh, because it is out of respect for the word of god you know the story but i'm gonna read it anyway in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census since that took place, since Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to a firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. 
This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. You can be seated. So I want to talk to you real quickly, all right? I have just a short amount of time to communicate, and I want to tell you very quickly this story. First of all, it all happened at just the right time. In Galatians 4.4, 4, it says, In the fullness of time, at just the right time, God sent his own son into the world to be born of a virgin who would grow up to die to pay for our sins. At just the right time. Now, what does that mean? I mean, why not today? Why not a year before he was born? What was so crucial to that time? Well, let me give you, besides God's timetable, what was going on in the world. Rome, as cruel as it was, Rome had unified the whole world. Rome has got one language. They've got one uh Finance going on, there's one monetary system, but the one thing the Romans did better than anything else was build roads. Now, if you were driving down Clyde Morris to get here today, you'll know that we don't do real well with roads. (laughs) There are roads that the Romans built 2,300 years ago that are still usable, they have no potholes in them, and you can still drive on them like they were built yesterday. 2,300 years ago. Now, if you work for somebody that does that, I'm sorry. My apologies. I'm just telling you. They built roads. But they didn't just build roads to connect Rome and to connect the cities. That is where the phrase came from, that all roads lead to Rome. But they made it tourist-friendly. They developed their road systems so that you could go quickly... From any place to anywhere else. They put in tunnels, bridges, security. They even put in certain types of rock into the bed uh, where we're charging cars today. They put them in for lights. They didn't have street lights, but they would put in the, the kind of rocks, minerals that would reflect the moonlight so that people could even travel at night. And through this connection, if you look at the New Testament, that's how the gospel went from one end of the Roman Empire to the other. From All the way over to Spain, all the way through Turkey, Asia Minor, into China, all the way south into North Africa. The gospel spreads through all of these roads because at just the right time, when the word could get all over the world in a really quick amount of time, so that everybody could hear this story. Because this story is for absolutely Everyone, doesn't matter what your ethnic background is or what your financial situation is, Jesus died for everyone. And I know at the end of today, we're having a baptismal service. If you've not given your life to Jesus, don't go home without him. Talk to him out of guest services. There's already a group of people have signed up. We've got a bunch over in Deland that have already signed up. So it's going to be a great day. But don't leave here without Jesus. Here's what the prophet Habakkuk said. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and it will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. Now I think the prophet there is talking about two things. I think he's talking about the first coming of Jesus. And I think he's talking about the second coming of Jesus. He didn't say it'd be easy, but he said it'd be worth it. 
That we just need to keep our eyes on Jesus and keep being faithful to him. But not only did he come at the right time, but he came to the right place. Now you know the answer to this. Where was Jesus born? In Bethlehem. And the story, it's from Micah chapter 5, verse 2. 500 years before Jesus is born, the prophet Micah says, When the Messiah comes, he will be born in Bethlehem. Which means the house of bread. But it's far more than that. Let me help you. On the eastern side of the old city of Jerusalem, there were two city gates. There's one called the Golden Gate. It's the one that is now bricked up, okay? Because um, the Muslims know that Jesus wouldn't go around in a dead body. And so their idea was, we'll brick this up, because, and, and they put cemeteries on both sides, uh, of the wall because they think Jesus won't come back through the wall because there's dead people. Their mistake is that anybody will still be dead when Jesus comes back. But that's for another time. But that's the golden gate. That's the eastern gate. It's the one Jesus rode into on the donkey on for his triumphal entry when he's headed to the cross. And it says when he comes back to rule over the world, he's coming through that same gate, whether it's bricked up or not bricked up. But... The other gate is just to the north of that, and it's called the Sheep Gate. Does anybody want to guess why it's called the Sheep Gate? Somebody say, sheep go in there. Yeah, that's correct. Yes. <clears throat> the sheep would be brought in for the sacrifice at the temple. And sheep are semi, well, no, they are disgusting creatures. They're, they, they're dirty, they're smelly. But they're coming, they're bringing them in for the sacrifice. So you don't want them everywhere. You don't want them coming in through all the gates. So they made a gate to bring in the sheep that are for the sacrifice that's being offered every day on the altar at the temple. Guess where those sheep all grazed? Somebody say Bethlehem. You'd be correct. Where was Jesus born? In the spot where all of the sacrificial lambs, every one of them had ever been sacrificed in Jerusalem. Every one of them had ever been sacrificed, started in Bethlehem and walked through that eastern gate to be slaughtered there for the forgiveness of sin. The right place, the right time. Second Peter 3, 9 says, here's the Lord's will that none would perish. All right. This this drives me crazy, so I'm gonna take a minute. There are people that say, Well, some people are just you you God's already decided you get to go to heaven, you're going to hell. Sorry, what does this say? Bring that verse back up. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, not wanting anyone to go to hell, but everyone to come to repentance so that everybody can go to heaven. So God's will is for all of us to go to heaven, but he's already arbitrarily decided that some of you are going to hell? No, no. You get the deciding vote. Jesus said, I want you. Satan says, I want you. You get to decide. You and I get to make that final decision. It was at the right time. It was at the right place. And Jesus was the right one. It says, it says in Galatians you got that passage in Galatians? I'll come back to that. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. 
You know what? Jesus had to endure a lot. He endured not just the arrest and the beating and the crucifixion, but his whole life, Satan was after him. And yet he endured. How do we know that he was the right one? Because he's the only one that ever lived without sin. He lived a flawless life. He lived a perfect life to qualify to pay for us. That's why he is the right one. So church, I want you to take a look at this this statement up here. You can read it with me if you want. Don't just attend the church, but love the church. Serve the church. Give through the church. Invite people to church because the church is who Jesus died for. You're like, I thought he died for everybody. He did. He did. But the gathering together of the body of Christ, that's all of us. Jesus gave his life for his church. Who's he coming back for? His church. See, we so individualize it, and it is. We're not going to go to heaven in a group or hell in a group. We'll go individually. But Jesus died for the church. He said, I'm coming back for my bride, which is the church. Now, you know, when Paul Revere went out, he was warning. Now, there's a question whether Paul Revere ever rode, whether there was a horse, whether the story was true. He certainly didn't say what it says he said because they knew it was, wasn't like they thought the Germans were coming. I mean, there's just there's a whole lot of things wrong with, with, uh, with, the, with the poem. But the truth is this. A warning went out. And so many people are not being told the truth. So many, so many people are like, look, everybody goes to heaven. No, everybody can go to heaven if you accept Jesus Christ. If you repent of your sins, if you commit to him, if you're baptized and you, you follow him, yes, everybody can go. But don't buy this lie that everybody gets to go. We've all got a choice to make. So for Jesus, it was the right time, the right place, and he was the right one. But I dare say the same is true for all of you today. Whether you're watching online, you're in one of the overflow, or you're here in this room, it is the right time, it is the right place. And Jesus is the right one. Whether you need to accept him for the first time, you need to come back to him. I don't know where you're at, but I know this is the time. We'll finish with this. Read this with me, please. When you look for me at Christmas, you won't need a special star. I'm no longer in Bethlehem. I'm right here where you are. You may not be aware of me amid the celebrations You'll have to look beyond the stars and all the decorations. But if you take a moment from your list of things to do, to close your eyes and say a prayer, I'm waiting here for you. You're the one I want to be with. You're the reason I came. And you'll find me in the stillness where I'm whispering your name.